Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today, which means that you'll hear two hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's October 7th. Desmond Tutu was born on this day in 1931. He was born in South Africa, and he's most known for his nonviolent work against apartheid in South Africa. He was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for this work in 1984. Apartheid was South Africa's system of racial segregation. It had been implemented by the nation's white minority government. And South Africa had already been segregated long before this point. But in 1948, the National Party came to power. And the National Party began formulating this system of enforced segregation through government policy. So it was something that the government was actively working on doing and enforcing. The Population Registration Act of 1950 sorted everyone in South Africa into one of three categories. They were the Black Africans, people who were multiracial, and white people. Later on, a category was added for Asians. It was illegal for people in these different groups to marry each other. You could only marry a person in your same group. Laws also outlined where each group were allowed to live and operate businesses, and those businesses and public facilities were segregated. Even though the white population of South Africa was a really small minority, these laws favored that white population, giving them the most advantageous places to live and work and access to almost all of the land. This system was extremely strict. It regulated every facet of life, and the South African government was was enforcing it in law at the same time as in the United States, the civil rights movement was working to dismantle these types of laws. Black South Africans, along with some white supporters, had been resisting these laws as soon as they were proposed. They had been resisting segregation before the laws even existed. And that brings us back to Desmond Tutu. After spending a couple of years as a teacher, he attended theological college and he was ordained as an Anglican priest. In 1978, he was appointed to be the general secretary of the South African Council of Churches. And it was in this role that he started to become so well known in his outspoken work against apartheid. This included nonviolent protests and advocating for other nations to place economic sanctions on South Africa. He wanted, quote, a democratic and just society without racial divisions. South Africa was facing increasing condemnation from other parts of the world by the time Tutu was awarded the Nobel Prize. That again happened in 1984. The prize itself was also a signal that the issue of South African apartheid was an important one in the world of global humanitarian struggle. In 1990, the South African government finally started repealing these laws, and a new constitution followed in 1993. It took effect in 1994. That year, South Africa elected its first Black president, Nelson Mandela. Although, we should note that the social and economic effects of decades of apartheid still persist in South Africa, and they will for a long time. You cannot reverse decades and centuries of oppression instantaneously. Tutu has continued to do humanitarian work in the years since apartheid began to be dismantled, and he's earned a number of other awards in addition to the Nobel Peace Prize. 
These include the Albert Schweitzer Prize for Humanitarianism in 1986, the Gandhi Prize in 2007, and the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2009. At the same time, he has also come under some scrutiny in recent years for a number of statements, including some that are described as anti-Semitic. The 1964 Nobel Peace Prize was also connected to apartheid in South Africa. As a side note, it was awarded to Albert Lutuli, who was president of the African National Congress and led a nonviolent campaign of civil disobedience against South Africa's white minority government. Desmond Tutu is still living as of the recording of this podcast, although he has largely retired from public life. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis for his research work on today's episode and to Tari Harrison for all of her audio work on this podcast. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. You can tune in tomorrow for a moment of heroism immortalized in film. Hey y'all, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, where we uncover a new layer of history every day. The day was October 7th, 1916. The most lopsided game in the history of college football in the U.S. took place at Grant Field in Atlanta. At the time, Georgia Tech had a strong football team, coached by John Heisman. Cumberland College was a small school in Lebanon, Tennessee. Because of budget cuts, the football program at Cumberland had to be shut down. Cumberland didn't tell Georgia Tech that its program had been discontinued until weeks before they were set to play each other. But Heisman was determined to make the game happen. He said he would uphold the $3,000 forfeit fee, a heavy lift for a college going through financial troubles. That's about $70,000 today. Heisman even offered to pay Cumberland $500 to play the game. So Cumberland's student manager, George Allen, began assembling a team. Most of the people he chose for the team were his fraternity brothers. Even though Georgia Tech was the expected winner in the matchup by fans and by Cumberland's players, Heisman still planned on going beyond just beating Cumberland. When it was time for the Georgia Tech engineers to play the Cumberland College Bulldogs, Cumberland had cobbled together a team of inexperienced players. Georgia Tech scored on its first play. By the end of the first quarter, Georgia Tech was up 63-0. to In the second quarter, Tech scored another 63 points, bringing its score to 126 points by halftime. Heisman agreed to shorten the time of the second half to 15 minutes. But Georgia Tech continued running up the score, or continuing to score points after it was clear that scoring was no longer necessary. Tech scored 96 points in the second half. The final score was 222 for Georgia Tech to zero for Cumberland. Tech scored 32 touchdowns, while Cumberland reportedly had 15 turnovers, nine fumbles, and six interceptions. Cumberland had no first downs throughout the entire game, There are plenty of myths surrounding things Cumberland players did during the game in embarrassment, including hiding on the Georgia Tech bench. Running up the score was considered unsportsmanlike, but Heisman was probably trying to prove a point about sports writers' practice of ranking a team by adding up the points it scored. He also may have pulled this stunt as revenge because Cumberland's baseball team beat Georgia Tech's 22-0 in the spring of 1915. 
Heisman believed allegations that Cumberland had brought in semi-professionals as ringers for that game. In the end, Heisman proved his point and got the revenge he may have sought, and Cumberland got a little financial boost. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Want to impress your internet crush? Show them your history smarts by sharing something you learned on the show. Don't forget to tag us at T-D-I-H-C podcast. Our email address is thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for listening. Merry history to all and to all a good night. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.